Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill Hill Ferro Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still have unwavering faith if we hold fast the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this and additional content, visit our website www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I believe that I have a word from the Lord, and you say, preacher, you're supposed to have that every time you get up, and that is true. (laughs) That is very true. Uh, But I feel the Lord has really impressed something on my heart uh, very strongly this morning. I believe it's something we need. And um, Brother Sonny, when he's here, he he often tells us, uh, very often reminds us, after he reads his text, he said, that's the most important thing you're going to hear, right? The Word of God. That's more important than anything I'm going to say. And uh, I, But I believe the Lord has given me a, a, a word for the church this morning, a, a message for the church, if you will. And um, what excites me about that is the message that He's given me. Um, this text from the Word of God just exactly spells out uh, without any interpretation or understanding. It just spells out exactly the message He's given me. So we're excited about that this morning. And so um, let us let us read God's Word. Uh, we'd ask you to stand, and uh, we are right up here. <clears throat> ask you to stand, honor God's Word. Uh, Luke chapter nineteen and verse number eleven. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, how I thank you for the service this morning. Lord, just been such a such a blessing to be here. Thank you for each and every one that has come. Thank you for every song, every testimony. God, I just thank you for your goodness. And God, I pray as we go to your word, I pray you would speak to your people in a in a real special way this morning. Lord, let me not get in the way, but Father, let us deliver what you've given us, I pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You can be seated. So has anybody noticed our world has changed? Our world has changed. Uh, you know, it's just not the same world that it, that it was before. And I, I believe that as I've talked to so many of you, and as I've talked to people from other churches, and as I've, as I've just seen what is going on, I believe that it is taking a toll on us. How many people have you heard say these words, I'm just done with it? I'm just done with it, right? I remember when this thing started, and, and I remember they said, well, it could possibly run into April or May, and I thought it would never last that long. Well, here it is July, right? still going on. And I think everybody has that feeling, I'm just done with this. 
And not only do we have to deal with the virus, but then we got all of the mess with the Democrats and the Republicans and everything going on in politics. Then you got the rioting going on and you got just all the craziness that's going on in our world. And and my dad said something to me. You know, I, I've tried to make sense of this in some way or another, but my dad said something to me. He said, and this really just clicked with me. People just aren't thinking right. Things just aren't real. Have you ever noticed that? Turn your TV on, see. It's, everything is just, it's like the whole world just got flipped upside down. Right? It's like the whole world just got flipped upside down and it is just not, it's not the same world we live in before. And so it's, it's a very crazy place. And I believe that is taking a toll on Christians emotionally, uh, physically, spiritually. Uh, it is, it is just, it is just working with us. And, and so that's a, that's a big deal. And I believe that there are some people, I believe there are some people who are be, being paralyzed by fear. They're, they're afraid to live, they're afraid to worship, they're afraid to do anything, they're just paralyzed by fear. And, and there are others who are, uh, they, they think that it is the end of time, and, and they're just like, I'm going to throw my hands up and quit, Jesus is coming. And there are others who are just so confused by everything that's going on, they don't really know what to do, Right? And, and and then there are others uh, that are that are just so busy that we're starting to leave the Lord out of things. But I have a word from the Lord. I, I don't say that lightly. I, I think there's a very serious statement to say. But I believe the Lord has really given me something that we need here at Sand Hill. And everybody watches. Everybody needs. We have a word that comes from the Lord, and it comes from His uh, uh, right from the Word of God. And and I want us to understand uh, a lot of things have changed. And can I can I just say this to you guys? There's nothing we can do about that. I don't know how many of you guys have said I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like where our country's at. I don't like where the church is at. I don't like, I don't like having service. I don't like, I don't like it. But can I tell you, there's nothing we can do to change it. And something is going on. Everybody agree with me? Something's going on. And, you know, you say, Pastor, explain it out to us. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. I just want everybody to understand there's something going on. There's something going on. And is it the end of time? Is it the end of time? Well, I don't know. But this scripture here is, is very, very eye-opening. <clears throat> I've heard a lot of preachers describe this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but I've heard a lot of preachers say this. When you read prophecy, when you read the Bible, when you read prophecy, even if you go back in the Old Testament, often it's like looking at a mountain range far off. And, and there, there are a lot of mountains there, and they're not clear, and you can just see that there's a big mountain range. But as you get closer and closer, they start to take form and you start to see what they are. And that's the way the Bible is for me. So many things that I read even when I was a kid, I, it was like a distant view. I could see it and I believed it, but it wasn't clear. And the closer we get, the clearer that becomes. And so as we look at this text this morning, if we would just look at it, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, uh, deep interpretation to understand it. But he starts out in verse 11 and he just makes it clear the reason he gave the the parable is that some people thought the kingdom's coming. Now he was probably talking to people here who were were there with his before he had died and they thought he was just going to turn uh, take over right then, take over the Roman Empire and rule right then. But they were saying the end is here, let's just quit and let's just have let's just have the kingdom take over, right? And he said, "Well, wait, wait a minute. That's that's not the plan." 
The plan is not to quit. The plan is, uh, I'm going to go away. So then he, then he tells him in verse number 12, he, he said, a certain nobleman. Now, we, again, takes no interpretation or sin. That's talking about Jesus. He said, a certain nobleman. So we could put it in terms we'd understand. A businessman, someone who owns a business, says, I'm going to go to a far country. I'm, I'm going to go away for a little while. So we have a business owner, Jesus, and he says, I'm going to go away for a little while. I'm going to go, I'm going to go gather some other, uh, uh, resources and I'm, and then he says, I'm going to come back. Is that what the Bible says? Jesus said, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to go away. I'm going to build my kingdom and I'm going to come back. So, so again, that, that's real clear. It doesn't take any interpretation. But then we go to verse 13. I will gather, I will bring the points out of verse 13 this morning. And here is the message. He calleth his ten servants. Who are the ten servants representing? Christians. It's, it's Christians. It's, it's us. It's, it's me and Marlene and Spike and, and Velvet. It's, it's all, it's all of us. It's all of the Christians. This is referring to, to his servants. And it said he delivered them ten pounds. So let's put this in understanding that we, that we understand. A business owner is going away. He has some managers he leaves behind and he gives them some resources and he says, run my business till I get back. Run my business till I get back. Right. So so point number one, right out of the text, point number one, the currency that is given, the, the kingdom currency, the currency and you, and so in God's economy, in, in the kingdom of God, what, what is God's currency? In other words, if God were a business owner and he was giving us uh, uh, something to run his kingdom, what would he give us? Talents, gifts, abilities. That's what he would give us. Cause see, that's what you build his kingdom with. That's what you run his business with. That, that, that's how you, that, that's how you, uh, keep his business going. So he gives currency. He gives talents. Now, let me just ask this question. Has Sand Hill Church been given some talents? Are we blessed? I mean, we, we, we've got a lot. God has given us a lot of uh, uh, abilities, talents. And I'm not just talking about the people who get up here on the stage. I'm talking about all of you guys. You guys are amazing. I shared this with a lot of the men. I don't remember if I shared here at church. I probably have. But but when we went to the men's retreat, and, I, and this kind of just, you know, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. When we don't. But back in January... Remember back there, that seems like a, a few millennia ago, but back in January, now I remind you, everything was fine. There was no virus. There was no riots. The, the, it was a normal country. Back in January, went to the men's retreat, and I felt like the Lord was impressing so strongly upon me. I just, just felt so strongly that he was saying, I give you a church. Every time you challenge them financially, they meet that challenge. Every time you ask them to do something, they do it. Every ministry you take on, they do it. Are you doing as much as you should be doing? Because if, and let's think about this. If God's give you a church that does everything that, that you're challenged to do, you probably should be challenging them to do more. Does that make sense? Well, so I'm thinking, okay, we need to be doing more. And then... <laughs> The world got turned upside down. 
I mean, I, I mean, it was like God saying, you need to be doing more. And then all of a sudden the whole world just explodes, right? And, it, and it's like, what in the world? But, but God has given us a lot. We, we, we have been blessed with, with some of the most generous people I've ever met. We have been met with great workers. We've been with people, everything that we do, uh, you guys are just, you guys are just awesome. You guys are so good. And, and, and so we've been blessed with a lot of currency. Are you guys following the analogy? We've been given a lot of currency. We have a business to run, but we've been giving a lot of currency to run it. We would call it today capital. Capital in the world is money to do business with. Well, we have currency, which is gifts, which is talents, and we have a lot of that to do business with. So, can I tell you that Sandhill Church cannot look at the Lord and say, well, if we just had something to work with, we'd do something. We can't do that. We've been given a lot of currency. And so, the second thing, very important, and, and still in verse 13, but the, the second point that I want to look at is the command to work. Now, he gives them the, the 10 pounds, he gives them the currency, and then he says, and he said unto them, occupy. Occupy. Now, that word doesn't mean probably what you think it means. When you look that word up in the original Greek language, what that means is, this is literally the definition of that word, occupy, to carry on business. Is anybody getting this? So we have a business owner who says, I'm going to go away for a little while. I'll be back, but I'm going to go away for a while. And while I'm gone, you run my business. Here's some money to run. Here's some currency to run it with and do my business. Do my business. Can I, can I tell you, we are charged at Sandhill Church to do his business. Can I tell you, we are charged to do his business, whether there's a virus or whether there's not. Can I tell you we're charged to do his business whether we have freedom or whether we do not? We are charged to do his business whether the economy collapses or whether it does not. We are, we are charged to do his business. There are no clauses in there for when you don't. The, I'll show you the only clause for now, but we are charged to do his business. There's no place to say, well, I'm so stressed out, I just don't feel like doing anything. There's no place to say, well, it looks like the end of time is here. Just take me home, Jesus. It says, work. Work. Run my business. Do the work. Now, if you understand, if you have a business owner, let's just make it real simple. If you have a business owner who's making hamburgers and he says he's gone away, run my business. What does he want you to do? Make hamburgers, right? That's not rocket science, right? So if you have a business owner who's saving souls and he says, I'm going away, run my business. What's he want? This isn't hard stuff, right? This isn't hard stuff, but we forget and isn't it something that I, I appreciate the testimonies this morning, all the different testimonies. And I just say I haven't had a real easy week myself. And I've talked to so many of you. And I, I know there's a lot of emotion, a lot of stress, a lot of difficulties, a lot of things going on right now. And it's real easy to feel like, I just want to take it easy. And what's the use? Everything's falling apart. What's the use? Just wait till the Lord comes back. Can I tell you? Jesus said, occupy. Work. Keep my business going. 
I gotta ask you guys a question. I gotta ask everybody a question here. Now, now, listen. The Lord could come back before I get finished with this message. Is that right? The Lord could come back any moment. He could come back tomorrow. He come back in three weeks from now. He come back in five years from now. But can I tell you that does not matter? He did not say, "Oh, look until it looks like I'm coming." He said, "Work until I get back." See, we don't get to look around and say, boy, it looks like scripture is being fulfilled. I think we ought to just coast. No, we work until he comes. Amen. Amen. And there is a great temptation right now. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you have got on Facebook or turned on the news and got so frustrated you just want to go... <sighs> Put your head in the sand and die, right? I mean, you think, I don't want to be here anymore. Can I, say, I, can I just say this? If you don't feel like it, there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> this is not a place where you want to be, right? It's a, it's a mess. Can I say the old America, the old life? Can I, can I say it may never come back? Everything has changed and it may have changed for permanent. But can I tell you, that does not change our job. We still have a job to do. Listen, when they say quit having church, we said we're going to have church. Even though we can't come out here physically, we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. You guys were awesome. You guys got involved in it. We kept things going. And can I tell you, no matter what they do in the future, no matter what happens in this country, no matter what, can I tell you, we have a job to do. And it is to occupy work until Jesus gets back. And I'm not here beating anybody up this morning. I'm trying to encourage you. I know there are a lot of people who are just overwhelmed right now. Overwhelmed with all the news. Overwhelmed with, I don't understand what's going on. You know, I think everybody feels the exact same way. I know I do. I wish I could just sit down and talk to someone really smart and just explain to me everything's happening. Right? Well, I don't know that guy. Well, I do. His name's Jesus. Uh, but besides him, I, I, you can't go to someone who's smart and just explain everything to you. Can I tell you? But here's the thing. When you read, when you read revelations and you read through the scriptures and you read a lot of this stuff, I remember you used to read as a kid and you thought, it's just like everything doesn't make sense. In other words, it's like if you were really in that storyline, it's like it does, that's where we're living. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like everybody has lost their mind in the whole entire world and in and, and the church too. I mean, it's everything has just went crazy. None of that changes our job, people. We have a job to do and it is work the business until the business owner comes back home. That's, that's the bottom line. Now, let me just throw this little tidbit in there. I don't really understand this either. And this may not have anything to do with anybody except for us. But, and I don't understand this, but I have noticed that, that a great, this it would include your pastor, but a great majority of the people seemingly at Sand Hill Church are right now busier, way busier than they were before all this happened. Now, I'm not going to try to explain that. I don't, I don't even understand it. In my life, I don't understand it, but it's, it's like there, there's just so much, and we get kind of overwhelmed just being so busy. And then it's kind of like, I don't have time for church. I want to warn you, he said, work till I get back. Now, the title of the message is No Coasting, No Coasting Allowed. And I really want to make this really clear to you. There's no place in the Word of God whatsoever, any place you can find, where it says, when this happens, just take it easy. I'll be back soon. No, he said, you occupy, you work until I get back. 
And, and that's really important because doesn't it sound spiritual to come to church, say, boy, look at, look at what's going on. We're at the end of time and I just want Jesus to come and I'm just, I'm just waiting on him. And basically saying, I'm not going to do anything because I'm ready to go to heaven. Well, I'm ready to go to heaven too, but we don't have that option. And that is not spiritual. God said work until I come. Now, let me ask you this question. If someone's watching us online this morning, if someone's here in the congregation this morning, if Jesus is coming back this afternoon at two o'clock, but we can see one more soul say, this morning at 11 o'clock, should we work to get one more person saved at 11 o'clock? And as we say, we occupy, we work right up to the last minute. You know, track runners, they tell them when they're running track and you're running that 100-yard dash, you run, you don't quit when you get close, you don't quit, you don't give up till you break the tape, you run as hard as you can. And that's what we're supposed to do. Run as hard as we can until, until we leave here. Listen, I'm ready to go. But Terry, I'm ready to go. He can come today. I'm good with that. Man, glory, hallelujah, I'm, I'm ready to go. But he didn't say quit when you think I'm almost there. He said, you work till, till you leave. Amen? And, and that's what he clearly teaches us in the scriptures to occupy work and, until, uh, until I get there. And so, so we have the command to continue working. And, and then I've already, I've already give you the third point, uh, but point number one was to, uh, the, the currency given. Point number two was the command to work. And point number three is the challenge to go all the way. And, and he simply says, till I come. Whenever I leave this body behind and I ascend into the air, I can quit working. But he said, not until then. Do you guys see that? It, listen, this isn't a matter of interpretation. This isn't a matter of Gary's been. This is clearly what the word of God says. He said, I'm giving you currency. And he said, you are to work at my business until you leave, until I come back. And so there's not a lot of wiggle room here, people. Listen, Sandhill Church does not say, listen, we did a lot of great things last year. We did a lot of great things the year before that. We did a lot of great things in church. Praise God for that. Can I tell you, the rules have changed. It's not the same world it was before. You guys with me? It's not the same world it was before. Can I say, it may not ever be like it was in 2019. It may never go back to that. God did not say when it changes, just quit. God said, no coasting. You keep on working. You figure out a new way. You do what you have to do, but you don't quit. No matter what happens, you don't quit. And can I just say, may I remind you, you know, I, I've, always, I've often said it'd have been really cool if I'd have been born, if I could have been a preacher, a pastor in 1950, that'd have been really, really cool. Things were cool back then. I, there's a lot of different times I could have been born, but God let me be born and he let me be the pastor in 2020. And if he's coming back in 2020, he picked us for this time to be working when he comes back. And I want to be working all the way to the end when he comes back. I don't want to say, Lord, we sat down six months ago. We're just waiting on you to get here. He goes, I'm not happy with you. I had a business to run. You got to run it all the way till I get back. Amen. And so it's all the way to the end. It's all the way to the end. Now, again, a lot of scriptures just really become clear when we start thinking about um, uh, uh, about where we're at today. But and I'm not going to go through all the rest of the the parable there. Just just touch on it a little bit. But if you, everybody knows this. And let me let me make this clear just by way of information. Uh, this is not the same story that Jesus told in Matthew when he's giving out the talents. This is a different. This is a different story. Different parable. But here he, he, he begins to reckon with those that give. And just, just a quick analysis. The one who he gave 10 talents, they, they come back to him and he said, Lord, I've, I've, I've gained more. You know what he was really saying? I've been working your business while you weren't here. 
And when you come back, here's some evidence. Now, if he gives us currency of talents to run his business and his business is reaching the loss, what are the, what are the, uh, the things we give back to him? Souls that are saved, right? So when he comes back, we ought to have some, we ought to say, Lord, I've multiplied what you gave me and I've got something to give you back. I ran your business until you got back. That's clear. And he said, the one who had 10 and he, and he used it, he said, he told him, well done. Thou good. Anybody want to hear those words? Well done. You did good. Well done. Thy good and faith. And he said, make him ruler over 10 cities. He did good. And then the same thing for the one that had five talents. And then he come down to the one that had one talent. I really want you guys to get this. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I just want you guys to get this because I think there's some people who, even in this church, who are really in danger. The one that had one talent, what did he say? I, I knew you were, a, I knew you were an austere man. I knew that you were, you know, you, you take judgment on those. And I was afraid to do anything to me. So I just hid it and I just waited till you got back. Can I tell you that's what some people are doing right now? They're saying the world's messed up. The virus is everywhere. I, I, I'm just going to hunker down until Jesus comes. And he said those people he was not happy with. The ones he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in and I'm going to reward you. The other he said, well done, come on in, I'm going to reward you. The other one who did nothing, who waited, who coasted, hit to hit. I did not say he did not go to heaven, did not say he lost salvation. I believe this is a Christian who decides life is too hard, life is too stressful, the virus is too much, politics are getting me down, this country's falling, and I am just going to coast till Jesus gets there. It's going to rest. Doesn't that sound good? But George, I'm just going to sit down in my pew and wait for Jesus to come. Right? He said, no, no. You work till I get back. Amen? So he, this, this, and that's in verse, um, If I can find it there. But anyways, in verse, he says, take the pound from the one who didn't do anything with it and give it to the one that has 10 pounds. He's saying that you quit working and the one who was working is going to get rewarded. And the one who quit working is not going to get rewarded. Now, I just want to think, is, do you think it's going to be a big deal when this life is over and we stand before the Lord and give an account? Sure it is. And but George, I want to hear him say, you did good. You did good. You did good, boy. Come on in. And I don't want to hang my head in shame and say, Lord, I, I thought you was coming, so I thought I would just kind of wait till you got back. Now, if you've been around very long at all, you know, I believe it really looks like the Bible is being fulfilled, and I believe literally the Lord could come before we get through with this message. I really believe that with all my heart. And would not be surprised if that happened. And I really believe we are living, and I really do believe our world is taking change. And I do really believe that, that there are things that are happening that have never happened before. So I believe all those things. But can I tell you, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the day or the hour. And if you've been around very long at all, you know, since, you know, in the 70s and the 80s and 90s and all through, there have been people saying, this is the end, this is the end. We, you know, sell everything you got and wait, this is the end. And it didn't happen. Can I just tell you, we're not supposed to know when. We're just supposed to be waiting for it to happen. And we occupy till he comes. We work until he comes. So I'm challenging you, church. It's not time to wait. It's not time to rest. It's not time to back up. It's not time to slow down. It is time to get in and work until Jesus comes. And that is the message. No coasting. No waiting. No backing off. We, you say we can't have church camp. We can't do this ministry. We can't have outreach. We can't have homecoming. Well, praise God. Let's figure out what we can do. And let's keep the business going.
You know, the secular world, anybody been by a Wendy's lately? Anybody been by a Wendy's lately? They, they shut the restaurants down. The restaurants didn't say, well, I guess we just won't make money anymore. You know what they said? Let's figure out how to make money. And you go to a Wendy's and they're wrapped all the way around the building, not down the road, and everybody trying to get their food through the drive-thru. What is your point, preacher? Whenever things got rough, business people said, we'll do what it takes to make money. Shouldn't the church of Jesus Christ be just the same? Shouldn't we say it doesn't matter what happens? We're not going to quit seeing souls saved. We're going to keep working the business till Jesus comes. Amen. And that's the message. Come on, guys. We can't, we can't slow down. We can't back off. We, we can't get discouraged. We've got to go all the way till Jesus gets back. We have one more person in the story, and that's the ones who rejected him, the sinners who reject him. And for them... Uh, he, he punished them and he threw them into hell. So that is the parable. And flip your Bibles with me over to Matthew 24. I read this scripture and boy, it just kind of is staggering. And to be real honest, it, it's downright scary. But it makes so much more sense today than it did uh, actually six months ago. But Matthew 24 and verse number 7, listen to what this scripture says. It kind of sounds like um, CNN a little bit, but... <clears throat> I probably shouldn't say CNN, I probably should say Fox, but it sounds a little bit like the news. Matthew 24 and verse number 7. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are what, church? The beginnings of sorrow. Listen, if the great, if the great uh, tribulation is, is, is right upon us, we may be facing the, the beginnings of things getting bad. And, and that, that's what this says, is the beginnings of, of tribulation. But then he says, verse number 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Boy, isn't it getting to be unpopular to be a Christian? Isn't it getting to be uh, where we feel like we're we're the cast out? We're the ones that the whole world's looking down upon. Listen, the Muslims they want to kill us now. The Americans want to kill us. Listen, we're we're getting now they don't want us on on social media. We're getting to be where we're not popular anymore. But that's what God said was going to happen. Listen, it didn't say do this when you're popular. It said do this until I get back. Amen. Listen, it's easy to preach when everybody's patting you on the back, telling you how great you're doing. He didn't say that. He said preach until I get back. And then he said. Boy, isn't this the, isn't this the label for our generation? Verse number 10. <laughs> well, George, I could preach a little on this. And then shall many be offended. <laughs> and then shall many, many be offended. Did that ever come true, by the way? Listen, you, everybody's offended over everything. It's, just, it's the craziest time we're living in. I, I don't know. People have lost their mind. They're offended about everything. But it says that many shall be offended and shall betray one another. People just start turning on one another for the stupidest things. Isn't that today we're living in? And shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall arise. We have any false prophets today? And deceive many. But here's the part that really bothered me when I read it. This goes with the message. Verse number 12. And I just want to say, this scares me. This scares me for you guys. And because iniquity shall abound, because it's getting really bad, because things are not looking like they did before, the love of many shall wax cold. You know, I'm, I'm afraid what that means is that there's a lot of Christians just going to throw their hands up and say, I quit. I, I quit. The world's too bad. The, the, everything's too bad. I just quit. Thank you, Brother Spike. I quit. 
I'm just giving up because it's so bad. The love of many is going to wax cold. I tell you, church, we can't quit. We can't slow down. We can't back up. Here's a good verse, oh, verse 13. Can we all just shout hallelujah? But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Respect, I want to go all the way. Until I break that tape, I don't want to quit. I want to go all the way. But George, I want to be running as hard as I can when I get to the end. When Jesus comes back, I want to be working as hard as I can until I get there. I don't want to say things look so bad I didn't think there was any use. I want to run all the way to the end. And church, that's what we have to do. And Samuel Church, that's what we have to do. So so let's get it it down where you can get a hold of this. Let me just give you some some, uh, um, application to the message. Last year, 2019, the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Okay, that means that of all the ball players in all the world, they all they, they all that came together, they beat everybody else. They were number one team. Okay, that's what it means. So, you think they know how to play baseball, but if they come back, and the Major League Baseball team said, "Well, we have rewrote all the rules." And the rules you played by last year, those rules no longer play. Now we have a whole other set of rules. They wouldn't be a good ball player team, a good ball team anymore. Are you guys following me? It's not, it's all different rules. Can't say that's where the church is at. We were a great church in 2019, but who knows the rules have changed. Things are not what they used to be. It's not the same world. It's a different place. So what do we do? Throw up our hands and quit? No. I believe that when the rules change, you have to come together and figure out how to still do what you're supposed to be doing, even though things are different. And that's the, what we got to do here. We've got to occupy to come. There's no coasting. There's no way around. There's going forward and saying, how do we make this work? We have a lot of our people that are watching online, and, I, and I've said this before in the past, but I, I will say this again openly. I have no problem with anyone who doesn't come to church. I have no problem with that. And there are a lot of our people who are staying home and not coming. I don't. And, and listen, we, we need to be real careful about throwing stones and, and, and criticizing. And, and, and there's a lot of people who want to be here, and they don't feel safe. And you can say, well, that doesn't matter to me, but, but we ought to love one another. And all those that are watching, I have no problem with that. But can I tell you, if you don't feel safe to come to church and you are staying home for your safety, I, I have absolutely no problem with that as your pastor. I, I even give you my blessings to do that. But you ought to still be working for the kingdom. You ought to be watching every program. You ought to be involved in everything we're doing. You ought to be, you know, you ought to be staying in contact with us. And, and most everybody has. Most everybody who's not coming are staying in contact with us and they're calling us and they're watching us. But, but my point is, if you can't come to church, you still have work to do. I talked to Brother Allen. I, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be okay for me to share this, but I talked to Brother Allen this weekend. And by the way, we need to pray for him. He's, he's still having some health issues, and he wants to be here so bad he can't hardly stand. I mean, that, it's killing that boy. And this is what he told me. He said, Pastor, now he's a young Christian, and he, and he doesn't understand anything. He says, Pastor, he's I want to be there so bad I can't stand it. But, you know, he's going through this uh, cancer and everything, and he's afraid his immune system's not strong enough. And I said, Brother Allen, I think you really should probably stay home. I don't think you should come. Well, isn't that something for a pastor to say? I don't think he should come to church, but but I don't think he should come. And, and so he said, but I feel like God's doing so much for me and I'm not really doing that much for him. And maybe I should just come to church because I want to do all I can for the Lord. Well, praise God for that attitude. Amen. Praise God for that. But I said, no, I says, you stay home, but you do everything you can possibly do at home for the Lord. 
He said, well, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm witnessing to people. I'm inviting people to church. I'm doing, I said, well, that you're, you're, you're working for the Lord. You just aren't coming to church. And so I have no problem with those who can't come to church. I just say, we, there's no place to coast. There's no place to get discouraged. If you can't come to church, watch our services, watch our Sunday night, watch Wednesday night, be involved, do what we're doing, help one another, talk to one another, stay involved. We, we're in this thing together. There's no place to coast. Amen. And if you're here, this morning, we got to learn, learn new ways of doing things. You know, when we first sent out the announcement that we were going to come back to church, <clears throat> and I know a lot of you just wanted to go complain to everybody else, didn't complain to me, but I know a lot of you were very upset. Why are we got to have rules for? Let's just go back to the way it always was and let's just have church, right? And you were mad we had to do this, we had to do that and everything else. But we come in, and look what we had this morning. Now, is it like it used to be? No. Would I like for it to be like it used to be? Yeah. But, but we're not there. But, but we're, what I'm saying is we made adjustments and we kept on worshiping God. That's what we got to do. Maybe we can't do some of the things we did in ministry and outreach and reaching the lost. We did. Well, tell you what we need to do. The leadership needs to get their head together and figure out how we do the work that's supposed to be done that can't be done the way it used to be done. If we can't do what we did before, we're still supposed to be doing something. Is anybody getting this? And every one of you, all of us that are here, maybe we can't gather out back and have homecomings. Maybe we can't have outreaches here in the parking lot. Maybe we can't do a lot of things before. But, but can I tell you, there are things we can do and there are ways we can reach the lost. And it's time to change what we need to do so as we can do the work of the Lord. Because he said, work until I get back. Amen. I just, I just, I just want to end with this note. I say it as lovingly as I can, but a warning to everybody watching me online and everybody here. There is a consequence for coasting. There's a consequence for coasting. You've been around church any time at all and leaving the end of time out of it and the world mess we're in and everything else. But if you've been in church any time at all, you know anyone who starts saying, well, I'm just going to start taking it. I'm not going to be as involved as I was before. I'm just going to start backing off a little bit. I'm just going to not go to every service. I'm not going to go to every service. I'll be to most of them. I'm not going to anybody who's ever done that. Where do they end up at? In a backslidden condition, no longer going to church. Every time. It always happens. When you start coasting, listen, there is no such thing as coasting in the kingdom of God. You're either moving forward for God or you're backsliding. There's only one or two. There is no sitting still. When you sit still, you start sliding backwards. Amen? And I'm just here to warn all of us, whether you get tired, whether you get depressed, whether you get irritated, whether you get confused, don't stop, don't coast, go forward. Amen? And soon and very soon, I believe we'll be with Him and we'll all be with Him.